your default stage is that we are smarter than eighth graders, which I really like. Yeah, we'll see if my hypothesis is correct. That's great. Yeah, oh, that's great. That, great. that makes me sweat. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good teacher. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with whatever one you don't go with. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Took great. me right back to eighth grade. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the I Should Have Known podcast, the trivia podcast that can't be trusted. Each week, our quiz master presents you with four big facts on a topic, but one of those facts is a lie. And we are back to school here at the I Should Have Known podcast this month. And I'm your quiz master this week. I'm Andy. And I'm going to be doing eighth grade language arts for my topic. And we have a special format for this month. So each fact will actually be phrased like a test question you would see on a test. And you'll be given four options, A, B, C, or D. And I will tell you the correct answer. But for one of the questions, I will tell you the wrong answer is correct. So join our other hosts, Soups and Tanner, in figuring out which one of my answers is a lie. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade language arts, it just instantly took me back to middle school. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm in that room again. <laughs> Tanner and I met in eighth grade language arts. Yeah, what, honors language oh, arts? Seventh grade, seventh grade. Seventh grade honors language oh. arts. Yeah. I was okay. kind of the class clown in that class. Oh, okay. oh he yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Part of language arts is learning vocabulary, right? And one of the vocabulary words we learned in class was cacophony. Mm. And that was Tanner's nickname. Yeah. <laughs> I love because it's very interesting because the moment when you said language arts, yeah. I thought you'd talk about that you were learning specific language or something. But in this case, language arts was you were just referring to English. Yeah. So this is a interesting thing to start with. So I'm using Wisconsin standards and Tanner and I grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And in Wisconsin, it's called language arts or more specifically English language arts. Okay. But I think the reason they use language arts is because many of the skills you learn are actually skills that any child being educated in their native language should learn right they're universal mm-hmm. okay right there are similes and stuff in every language right right exactly very interesting for me because when we had english classes we had two types of english classes mm-hmm. right so one you had the prose mm-hmm. and the poetry right mm-hmm. when you're reading different stories poems and everything like literature we literature, usually call that english lit mm-hmm. and the other part was strictly grammar and right. handwriting mm. so we okay. practice yeah. cursive and writing and actually learn the grammar right okay so, yeah that's basically how language arts is broken down and how my questions are broken down. (laughs) So these are eighth grade standards. In the U.S., eighth grade is when you are 13 and turn 14. Right. Where we grew up, it was middle school. Mm -hmm. Right. So eighth grade should be kind of on the easier side than SAT was. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope so. We'll find out. So what I did, though, is I took concepts from the curriculum, but I made them a little hard for you guys. All right. So your default state is that we are smarter than eighth grade, (laughs) which I really like. Yeah, we'll see if my hypothesis (laughs) is correct. Yeah. Okay. So low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. What is the subject of the sentence, long-legged turtles love pizza? It's a great sentence. <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs> it's the turtles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's turtles mm-hmm. or depending on your syntactic philosophy, the noun phrase that consists of the adjective and the noun is the subject. Long-legged oh turtles. And then long-legged is an example of what stylistic device mm. where you start 
two words with the same sound. Oh, that's alliteration. Yes. Yeah. It's not a literary device. It's a stylistic device. Right. Ooh. So both of those questions are to illustrate, again, these two aspects of English where we have the language and the grammar, but also style, writing, logic, reasoning, comprehension, all these kinds of things. So mm -hmm. there's two different elements of language arts. And it matters to me because I am an English teacher. Right. right. <laughs> actually, am. I literally have my mug that says that I'm a proud teacher. <laughs> but I only teach English language and only to speakers of other languages. Right. So non-native English speakers. Mm -hmm. So I'm not qualified to teach eighth grade language arts. Uh, so you don't cover Shakespeare and the rhyme of the ancient mariner <laughs> with your students? No. So part of language arts is to make you a native speaker of the language that you're being educated in. Uh -huh. That's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. Cool. So let's start with question number one. So just to reiterate, I'm going to read you four questions. And for each of them, I will give you four options. And then I will tell you the correct answer. But for one of the questions, I am lying about the correct answer. Right. So question number one, what is the best form of the verb bid in the following sentence? Before she left, Mrs. Smith was blank farewell by her family. Fill in the blank with the best form of the verb bid. Wow. So your options are A, bid, B, bidden, C, bade, or D, bidded. The correct answer is B, bidden. Bidden. That's what I wasn't bid like bid, bid, bid. Do you remember the three forms of bid? I just wasn't, wasn't, was This is a bid. hard one. Bid has got to be a weird verb because this is not my prototypical mm -hmm. usage of it. I thought she was going to say we're at an auction yeah. and they're bidding, yeah. but it's bid yeah. farewell. Yeah. Yes. So it's bid, bid, bidden, I guess. Is it? I, I don't, I always thought it's bid, bid, bid. Right. Uh, yeah. So for any listeners who maybe don't know what Soups is talking about is often how students learning English study verbs. Yeah. So they learn the infinitive. Yeah. And then they learn the past tense and then they learn the past participle, which you mm -hmm. use in the perfect. Mm -hmm. And they learn them like together like this. So you would learn like cut, cut, cut yeah. Yeah. or eat, ate, eaten. Yeah. Like exactly. this. So this yeah. is how students who learn English not as their native language usually practice their verbs. Right. Yeah. So I did pick a difficult verb on purpose. Yeah. 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 This is probably harder than what an eighth grader would get, but I feel confident that some eighth graders would get this one. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, the, right. maybe the top 10%, okay. but I think they would. Okay. Yeah. So what were the options again? A, bid, B, bidden, C, bade, D, bidded. Okay. This is also interesting because it's the standards. Right. Someone yes. is saying yeah. this so is best. I, I would like to point out, so this is from standards L.8.1, <laughs> <laughs> Conventions of Standard English. Okay. And this is particularly on the section about active and passive voice. Oh, because mm. the bidden would be used in the passive. Passive, yeah. She was bidden. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about here. Or she was bid. Mm. Farewell. And this is only question one of four, right? Yeah. So, wow. wow. Yeah. Remember where these standards come from. Maybe right. that's a big okay. hint. Yeah, especially with English, a lot of people like to enforce rules. Right. Whereas the way I learned linguistics is you can describe the language, but you shouldn't enforce the rules. Yeah. But in middle school, they have to teach you the rules. Yeah, yeah. I think that the more advanced you get in linguistics, the more you realize that there are no rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as it makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. If everyone starts saying bade... And that's the right that's answer. Then that yeah, becomes exactly. the right answer. Exactly. Yeah. So that is something to keep in mind. These are standard English. Mm -hmm. 
and we are talking about Wisconsin. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Even though I was never in Wisconsin, <laughs> <laughs> but we speak Wisconsin yeah, yeah, English. Yeah. You okay. Know? Okay. So, question number two: Identify the mood, then decide if it is correctly used in the following sentence. The doctor advised against her better judgment that he tries a mixture of two medications. Whoa. So identify the mood and then say whether it is correct or incorrect. A, imperative, and it's correct. B, subjunctive, and it's incorrect. C, indicative, and it's correct. D, indicative, and it's incorrect. And the right answer is? D, it is incorrect in the indicative. Oh, goodness. Oh, no, that's not what I was thinking. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Were you my, thinking? Well, my first red flag is when you talk about mood, I'm like yeah. grumpy, yeah. sad, yeah. happy, but <laughs> mood and language. Okay, right, so right. <laughs> I learned mood when I started learning foreign languages, yeah. you know, so I don't remember learning mood for English. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. I'm thinking whether moods that I've learned in foreign language is the same yeah. that applies in English. Yeah. They should be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the standards have changed since Tanner and I were in eighth grade. So L81C... Form and use verbs in the indicative, imperative, interrogative, conditional, and subjunctive mm. moods. Okay. Those are the moods. Yeah. Those are your moods. We're going to get moody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so it's definitely not conditional, and I'm glad it was not an option. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not. <laughs> yep. So imperative is giving orders. Right. Subjunctive was one of the options. Yes. This is, <laughs> there is doubt, I there think. There is doubt, yes. Yeah, expressing wishes, doubt. Yeah. Exhortations. Yeah. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Things like this. Yeah. yeah. And then what were the other ones? Interrogative. Interrogative. So this a question. Definitely not. So this sentence was the doctor advised against her better judgment that he tries a mixture of two medications. Okay. I think I see the issue here. Yeah. I think it's with the verb tries. Mm. I would say the doctor advised against her better judgment that he try. Blah, blah, blah. I yeah. don't remember the yeah, rest yeah, of the yeah. sentence. Yeah. The rest of the sentence is two medications, Tanner, and two you medications. are a doctor. <laughs> you know, I was looking at the word advice okay. rather than it tries. Mm -hmm. So which immediately rules out option A, which is imperative, mm -hmm. because imperative is like giving orders. Right. right? Exactly. And in this case, the doctor is advising. Yeah. So option A is definitely mm -hmm. gone. And the right. correct answer you said was... Option D, incorrect indicative. Yeah. So which is why I think like option D, now that when we analyze each of the options, yeah. I think indicative. You think that's the right mood? Yeah. yeah. So most sentences in English are in the indicative. Yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. just normal talking. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking like this? Like no, see, that's interrogative. <laughs> <laughs> if we were talking like, like that. No, <laughs> no that's. No. No, conditional. No, that's conditional. conditional. Okay. Well, let's start talking like that. <laughs> no, that's that's imperative again, right? Oh, you guys are so good at this. So this is kind of funny to me a little bit. Like yeah. as an English language teacher to non-native speakers, I feel fairly confident that many of my students would get this question right. Wow, oh, wow. really? That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Not great. They, that makes me sweat. <laughs> it's because, that's great for her. But yes. it's Not because so when you aren't a native speaker, the way you learn right. the language is different from how native speakers do. So the thing is, all of these moods, if you're a native speaker of English, you probably use them all correctly. Mm. Right. And never once think about them. Right. But when you're learning English from scratch, not from birth, you have to study it. Mm-hmm then you're usually taught them using these phrases and you yeah. learn this explicitly and you practice just this mood. Right. So the subjunctive, because that's the weird one. Mm -hmm. Can you guys make a subjunctive sentence? 
I should have known could be subjunctive. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Actually, there's evidence that this mood is kind of grammatically on the way out. That oh. Many young people no longer use it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. We got two more questions. Well, we're only halfway through. <laughs> All right. So question three is kind of the overlap where we start to move away from language acquisition explicitly, like grammar and language and into more about style and literature. So question number three, consider the following analogy. Mutiny is to rebel as audacious is to blank. A, insolent. B, impel. C, persuasive. Or D, despondent. And the correct answer is, just so that it matches what I'm thinking it is. (laughs) The correct answer is A, insolent. Hmm. Mm. I like analogies usually, yeah. but this one this is one's, giving me some trouble. I mean, I know the meaning of all those words, yeah. <laughs> but looking at the similarity between the first pairs yeah. and then applying that same similarity to the second, second. pair. Exactly. Right. So it is part of L85B. Use the relationship between particular words to better understand each of the words mm. in analogies. Okay. Yeah. Mutiny is to rebel and audacious is to... Insolent. Insolent. I think I feel fairly confident with option A because it's definitely not D. Despondent. Yeah, it's definitely not that. So I did take every single word in this whole thing from a list of eighth grade vocabulary words. Yeah. So So, mutiny and rebel, they're similar meaning, Mm -hmm. same part of speech. Yeah. Now we need a word with similar meaning to audacious with the same part of speech, Mm -hmm. I think is the prompt here. So insolent. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not persuasive yeah. because audacious and persuasive are two different things. Right. They don't mean or, the same thing. Yes, because audacious is like, you know, I don't know, but I can just... Insolent, how audacious. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not impel and it's not despondent because despondent kind of means something different. Right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. One more question. Okay. Okay. And this one is really talking about literature and reading comprehension. So question four. The following sentence does not include an example of which literary device. The storm, quiet as a lullaby, sang me to sleep all through the night. A. Irony. B. Simile. C. Personification. D. Hyperbole. The correct answer is D. Hyperbole. That sounds right. That sounds very right, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I was trying to identify them as she was saying the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Let's break it down. Okay. So I think as, quite as a lullaby, means it's a simile. Simile. Yeah. Right. Storm quite as a lullaby, in a way, irony, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. And then there was... Personification. So it's saying them to sleep yeah and hyperbole is like when you have like some crazy over the top over the top yeah Yeah. but But, i think it's d yeah yeah. so the correct answer is hyperbole it's not an example Uh hyperbole in a sentence like this would be something like the storm blew the roof off of my house right Mm -hmm. something crazy happened so i think yeah yeah. so this Um, is from standard 8.3 r.4 because it refers to reading Students will evaluate literary devices to support interpretations of literary texts. Literary devices are these kinds of devices that Mm -hmm. writers and speakers can use in order to create meaning beyond the literal. Yeah, right. So examples that eighth graders are supposed to know are simile, metaphor, imagery, irony, onomatopoeia, personification, and hyperbole. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you know what the problem is? 
I think I agreed with all four of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, before we guess which one is incorrect, do you mind repeating the questions, the options, and the correct answers? Yes. All right. Listen carefully, students. Question one. What is the best form of the verb bid in the following sentence? Before she left, Mrs. Smith was blank farewell by her family. A. Bid. B. Bidden. C. Bade. D. Bidded. The correct answer is B. Bidden. Question two. Identify the mood, then decide if it is correctly used in the following sentence. The doctor advised, against her better judgment, that he tries a mixture of two medications. A, imperative, and it's correct. B, subjunctive, and it's incorrect. C, indicative, and it's correct. Or D, indicative, and it's incorrect. The correct answer is D, indicative, incorrect. Question three. Consider the following analogy. Mutiny is to rebel as audacious is to blank. A, Insolent, B. Impel, C. Persuasive, D. Despondent. The correct answer is A. Insolent. And question four. The following sentence does not include an example of which literary device. The storm, quiet as a lullaby, sang me to sleep all through the night. A. Irony, B. Simile, C. Personification, or D. Hyperbole. The correct answer is D, hyperbole. One of those is a lie. Okay. Yeah. So I think four we can just ignore. Yeah, I think we I figured think that one out. relatively confident. Yeah. Three. Pretty confident. Pretty confident. Yeah. I one and between two. one and two. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's number two. Yeah. Because I'm thinking it's option C, correct indicative, because the doctor advised. Uh-huh. Because now I'm trying to think back the sentence, she was bidden goodbye yeah. by her family. Yeah, because she was bid goodbye. She was bid. I think there was some rule, right? You can use two past tense word together next to each other, something like that. Right. In English. If yeah. it's, yeah, if it's like passive like mm-hmm. this, yeah. she was something. Yeah. You have to use the participle, like you participle. were doing, the, the yeah. EN form. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, is bidden the right participle or is it just bid? Because I don't think it's bid. So I think it's bid, bid, bidden. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. So you think that one's right? Yeah. Mm. So number two, she said it's indicative incorrect. You think it's indicative indicative correct. correct? Yeah. Okay. See, I was thinking that subjunctive is coming back to haunt me. (laughs) I don't know if it's maybe subjunctive. Yeah. But I'm also on the bid, bidden thing Mm. because I know in my speech, I overuse the en form right the participle so if other words like bought mm-hmm. brought mm-hmm. i want to say boughten mm-hmm. but so it's not I, right it's not right yeah. yeah yeah so i'm thinking oh no am i applying that to bid, bid. and i want it to be bidden yeah oh so that's got so, me worried so then what would be she was bid goodbye she was bid goodbye. goodbye yeah okay that also kind of makes sense yeah. i mean yeah. the moment she said yeah. the sentence and i was like it, it's bid 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 right. but now i'm trying oh instinct. man yeah. It's definitely between one and two. I have yes. a feeling. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, we got to pick one. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with whatever one you don't go with. <laughs> wow, that's a testing strategy okay. right there. So in that case, I kind of believe it's number one. Yeah, but I could go with number two. Okay, okay, I'm going with number one. Okay, okay. I was lying about the correct answer in question number two. Okay. But you did not pick the correct the, answer. Uh, uh, no. Tanner was almost there. Okay. Almost. The correct answer is B. It is subjunctive and incorrect, okay. which I kind of thought you could puzzle through. If you identified it's incorrect, if it were indicative, why would it be incorrect to say he tries? Uh, right. What's weird about it? Okay. It's in the subjunctive form. So you have to say he try. Correct. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you boil sense. it down to just he try, right. that sounds wrong. Yeah. yeah. So that should have yeah. clued us in that. Why yeah, is no, that right? It's subjunctive. That's actually a trick I teach my students because I put it in the kind of confusing aside yeah, yeah. to separate the part of the sentence that makes it subjunctive, which is the main verb advised, like yeah. soup said, yeah. Yeah. from the verb that actually gets modified. So I separated them, but I tell my students all the time to do that. Like, yeah. look at the verbs. Uh-huh. Don't yeah, worry I about got fixated on advice and that's why yeah. I was thinking it's mm-hmm. indicative. But yeah. Okay. But you know what? And I should have known you have to guess which is the correct. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So got you, the- you got it. You did get it right. Yes, yes. And with so the Bidden, bidden thing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much every standard I could find, it's bid, bade, bidden. Bid, bid. Oh, it is. But I would be willing to believe that in London English, yeah. it's bid, bid, bid. Yeah. Because they do this with many other verbs like get, got, got, mm. which oh. in American English is always get, got, gotten. Yeah. yeah. And I thought the way you could test this one is forbid is a much more common word. Yeah. And it's forbid, forbade, forbidden. Oh. Yeah. And that yeah. one's yeah. definitely forbidden. Yeah. Forbidden. Take the four off and yeah. it's still bidden. bidden. Yeah. That's a good trick. Yeah. Forbidden. Yeah. I'm a good teacher. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew about something was off about yeah. bid. Amazing. Wow. wow. That's Took great. me right back to eighth grade. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the I Should Have Known podcast. We are going to continue to go back to school for the rest of the month. And as always, thanks for listening. Take it to Oh, man. Oh.